Hi, I'm Marco Sparks. And I'm Benjamin Light. And this is Bros Watch Pillow 2, but you know that because you're listening to it. We're back. Yeah, we're back. Riddle Liars, Original Sin, S1, E7, Carnival of Souls. Yeah. This is another episode indeed. Um, apologies up front. I'm not feeling too great today, so I'm low energy. And just, the show's killing me. Um, I have a real question for you since you're not feeling well. Mm-hmm. Has the show gotten worse? Is that possible? Can that even be measured? And is it possible? It's just spinning off on these weird, like side stories, which I think I it took me a long time to watch this episode. Um, like Welcome I could only do world. it in like twelve minute increments. I just have to stop and like breathe and go do something else. Um, but I really noticed in this episode, the, the side stories have like really nothing to do with the show at all. Um, it's just like they wrote in these like weird mysterious backstories for like mouse and like this like drama with the scoliosis and, and whatnot with Farron. But like, it doesn't really tie into the A stuff at all. Like I, I just went and watched like a random PLL episode and all the stuff they're doing, like it's like, first of all, the, the liars, like they misbehave on that show, you know, like Spencer's going to go like Hawker sisters, you know, wedding ring to buy Toby a truck so that he won't have to work at Jason Delorentis's house who she suspects could be the killer. You know, it's like, it's all kind of tied in somehow. Um, you know, Emily faking a note uh, from a recruiter so she doesn't have to move, um, you know, that A will then use to blackmail her further. Like it's, it all kind of feels of a piece Whereas this, like the storyline with Farron and her mom is just like completely separate from everything else on the show that's going on. And it's kind of like, what is the point of this? Well, so two points there, like that show set up a base that I believe that a was omnipotent and could provide mm-hmm. these things. I, I, I know that I'm supposed to just buy that. It's a cyber ninja who's behind all this, but the, the whole pleather face aesthetic is so contrary. It's such a they contrast. Never, yeah. They never show this character with a phone. They never show this character at a computer. I, I know this is like the star Wars talk about like so-and-so they never trained or whatever, but like, mm-hmm. It just doesn't feel like the character we've seen menacingly around and lumbering around is a. It doesn't seem is, like they have. Well, first of all, they they're barely doing anything to the the sinners. Period. This a just character. watching them. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll get into it, but I kept wondering, tying into previous complaints about the writing style of of uh, this gentleman's shows, is the Steve storyline kind of takes her back to her mom, but like, is this the end of the Steve storyline? I don't even know that everything about that storyline is like, why is this in the show? Yeah, it's creepy. It's creepy. And then it's just head scratchingly odd. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, this <sighs> episode was written by Daniel G King and Neil McNeil. Quite a name. Uh, Neil these McNeil. guys both appear to be like ex Riverdale or chaos writers. Like you're kidding the, me. And no, of course they not. actually wrote on Riverdale or, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? That's wild. Yeah. I didn't think any of the writer's room had also worked on those shows. Wow. Um, amazingly enough, I know. Um, the director is Alex Pillai, I think is how you say his name. Um, there was a moment later, I'll be reminded of it when we get to it, but there was a moment in this episode where I thought, it doesn't feel like a, a woman would have written this, but I was like, well, maybe they did. I, I, I didn't see who wrote it until just now. And now they see it's two men. I'm a little like, oh, okay, that that explains it a little bit. Mm. 
But uh, mm. yeah, it's a show, right? It just keeps going. We got this and three more, and mm. um, maybe more. So all the actors and the main sinners all just tweeted the one word bet like at the same time a couple days ago, which maybe means that they got renewed. I don't know. I found it very weird. It's clearly it's also, coordinated. It's also tied into that weird, dumb Twitter meme though. Of, you know, airlines tweeting planes or Amtrak treating trains or, you know, government just, treating democracy. I found it like totally classic of this show to do some sort of staged like social media thing using like, you know, the youth's vernacular mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't entirely make sense. It's like, yeah, that sounds about right. But maybe, uh, maybe our watch is not ended and we're going to have to suffer through this another year. Mm. Aren't you excited about that? Come on, HBO max do the right thing. You know what it is. Mm-hmm. All right. So, we start uh, off present before we do oh. that. The only reason we're even podcasting here. Um, yeah, pay the bills. Yeah, we got a book coming out. It's called Trouble Takes a Holiday. You can pre order it on Kindle. You can also now pre order it on Apple Books. Uh, if you oh, go shit. to my name is trouble.com, you'll see links for both of those on the books page. Um, we've already now surpassed the pre orders for the first book. So, this is the most pre orders we've ever had for any book. Very appreciative to everyone for that. Uh, it's coming out very soon, September 29th. So I don't know, is that like less than four weeks? Um, it's, it's coming fast and furious here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got to finish it. Well, And I'm sure that any day now we'll be invited to guest on the uh, Bros Read Trouble 2 mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. If, if anyone wants us to guest on their podcast, feel free to hit us up. Uh, but yeah, um, ebook pre-orders now, hardcover and paperback should be available day of release. So we got something a little special planned for the print versions and eventually we'll reveal what that is. I'm just not sure when, mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, but we get Proust this Thursday and that's very exciting. Mm. All right. Uh, a couple more follow-ups before we kick this off. Uh, I asked last week if people would be creeped out if somebody was drinking their urine. Uh, I think it was a rain got to us. Let us know. Yes, you'd absolutely be freaked out. Uh, Marie would also be creeped out. Although it was kind of like if this was somebody who was like kind of like stalking her or like watching her, if it was like someone was intentionally seeking out her urine to drink, she'd be creeped out. If it was, they were just randomly steering, stealing urine from like a, a lab somewhere, less freaked out. So there you go. And uh, Coach Disjardin was apparently a reference to carry the novel, not the movie. The question wasn't just though, right? You didn't actually think people wouldn't be creeped out. I was just curious, you know, you never know. You're just asking questions. Mm-hmm. Just jacking off. <laughs> You're like, I'm just a, I'm just a right wing radio host. Just asking the question. Uh, so right. present day, we're in this thrift store. We keep hearing about, except inside, it looks like the fucking needful things. Shop. No, this, this is the pawn shop. I'm sorry. What did I say? Pawn, I meant to say pawn store. Whatever. We're, we're like not this following world, up wherever the last episode ends, too. I feel like in this world, it's the same thing. But yeah, it looks like the fucking Needful Things shop. Uh, we see Elodie getting an A note addressed to Elodie Honrada. Um, inside, there's an advert for a carnival from 1999. There's Ferris wheels, there's rides, there's carousel, there's con. This is the Millwood Fall Carnival. And when she flips it over, after seeing that, it says something about meet me in the Hall of Mirrors. And she's like, oh, shit. Flashback. Uh, 
1999 flashback, Carnival at Night. We see Elodie and Angela Waters like running into the mystic maze of mirrors, holding hands and giggling. There's some real like red it balloons happening here. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Remember how in The Perfectionist there was like the weird it thing in that one episode for no reason at all? But it wasn't. It was like that was like a last minute thing, right? Because they couldn't afford. They went like a pig man or something. Yeah, I don't even know what's going on. That we were there in like the sewer or something. It's completely yeah. Um, so inside, when an LED checks and sees that the coast is clear, she starts to kiss Angela Waters, and then Teen Davy shows up and yells, "Oh my god!" And LED suddenly pulls away from Angela and is like, "Oh my god, did you see her attack me?" And Davy has the stupid line about like, "Don't think you can come after me next, Zena." Um, and, and then they run off to the bumper cars. And once again, Angela is just left sitting there feeling like shit. Why is she friends with these people? <laughs> How many more scenes do we have to watch her getting dunked on? I mean, by has these monsters? this been all of them now? I guess we haven't seen um, Tavi's mom's, like wh- whatever her sin was, I guess, you know. There was something when she's like staring into the mirror over the sink and flashing back. I can't remember what it was, though. I don't think we've had like we know that they like they ditched her at Halloween. We know that they ditched her at the tattoo place. Mm-hmm. They there's you know she's there's the thing with bet- the janitor betrayed the thing with the janitor with uh, Noah's mom. She's kind of betrayed by Elodie here when seemingly they could have had a relationship. Uh, I don't think we've really gotten anything specific to Tabby's mom, but we'll see. So the thing that Sharon Leal said about Davey being the best of us, that's just straight up bullshit, right? I think so. Yeah. Because Davey might be the worst. Yeah. I mean, they all seem pretty awful, but Davey, I mean, Davey is the one who's telling everyone else to ignore her at the, yeah. um, at the prom thing or whatever, dance the rave. <sighs> anyway, back to the pawn shop in present day. Elodie's burning that carnival card. Uh, we cut to Tabby's room. Tabby's doing some homework on her bed. It's daytime. So knock on the door and it's Imogen because of course Imogen always comes to bother this girl. And Imogen says that Farron texts it and that her mom got discharged from the, from the hospital. Oh yeah, that's what happened at the end of the last episode. Yeah. Farron's mom is like, oh, your mom got in a car accident. And then it's like, oh, she's fine. Uh, Farron's storyline is, uh, it's, it's like soap opera acting forced into maybe an after school special. Well, the thing with Farron's storyline, and of course we'll get there, is that it's like Farron was already perfect and now she's more perfect. Mm. You know, it's like these yeah. characters are just boring. Like there's not, they're not particularly interesting. Well, they don't have a, like, a, a real was, world of whatever the ecosystem of the school would be. Yeah. It's like, I was a good person and now I'm feeling even more empowered and telling an adult off and going to yeah. be an even better person. Yeah. And I don't mean like a real world. I mean like the, 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 yeah. the fictional world that this school is inhabiting. It says it right. none of these people are like, going to take a pottery class at their community college so they can spy well, on their uh, their adult boyfriend's ex-girlfriend. You know? Seriously. But they will dig up the uh, storyline that TV shows did 20 years ago that I don't think anyone's ever really done in high school. Um, in a kind of a gross way, now that you revealed the thing to me. What Thanks. Thing? The thing. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. By the way, in case you didn't know... Um, we are spoiled on who the rapist is and we're probably going to talk about it during the episode. So if you, you really care, know. sorry, but that's just how it's going to be. Yeah. 
Anyway, uh, Imogen brings up the awkward situation, uh, says that at school tomorrow, they're going to have to tell the other sinners about their trip to Rosewood and, and, and what happened to Angela Waters, you know, her sexual assault. And it makes her wonder if they should also tell the others about their own sexual assaults. So Tabby asks Imogen, how does she feel about that? As Tabby comes over and stands by Imogen, you can see Imogen's corner at the desk, and her corner of the desk area where it looked like she was sitting Mm-hmm. When she had that un- unhinged conversation of Sharon Leo a few weeks ago. Sure. And I kept thinking, like, was she studying in Tabby's room when they had that conversation? Or is it just like that we had this part of the set and we didn't know what it was and now yeah, we're hoping don't you don't notice? Uh, so I- Imogen's worried about the stigma, not just on herself, but her baby. Um, Tabby says Can that we she just say how to- kind of gross it is that they're forcing this character to have her rapist baby? And, yeah. they've, and they even brought up abortion at one point and they told her no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Tabby says that she she would go to the police, but she feels like Sheriff Beasley is a slender man. And at this point, why do they keep calling him the slender man? That's I don't know. Well, at this point, I was just like, is Eric Johnson still in the show? Yeah, I know we haven't seen this episode a long time. Uh, so Imogen remembers there's a female officer, Deputy Maroon, which just sounded funny to me, Deputy Maroon. Mm -hmm. Um, but that she had showed up when Imogen called about her dead mom. Uh, she was nice and understanding, and Imogen wonders if she could be an option for Tabby to talk to. And Tabby says maybe. But so this conversation is more like. Hey, Tabby, I was thinking that you should talk about your story. Yeah, it's kind of like, I don't really want to talk about myself much because of the stigma, but maybe you can go do something. Which, which I mean, on one hand, it's like... If, if Imogen was was A, you got something. Sure, but also, I mean, if Imogen's feeling scared, it's like maybe my friend will go do it first and I'll feel like more, you know, comfortable doing it. Kind of a you go first thing. But yeah, you think not- they do it together. They're not setting up anything really with Bailey Madison's character, uh, like that implies she's, that she's, she's got a complete void. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's just that Emma Watson face. <laughs> uh, so, title card Monday. We're in someone's gloomy ass house, as, and they're That's watching the last hour of the Today Show Zeke's, in the wheelchair. Zeke's apparently this is Corey. She's in the wheelchair. Zeke's like, I'm sorry, who told you to change the channel from ESPN? <laughs> He's like, I didn't even realize there was a fourth hour of Today Show. They they really went and did what I joked about, which is like giving her some sort of back or like leg issue. She's in a wheelchair. Uh, Farron's mom is now. So it's like, Oh, ha ha. The tables have turned you bad mom. Now you're the one with the injury. Yeah. But they don't play it too much. No. Well, not yet. They're no. too busy with their dumb ballerina plotline. Not until someone starts drinking her pee. Um, Farron comes downstairs. I'm really shocked. We didn't get more comments from stupid pee talk last night. Uh, Farron comes downstairs and asks if her mom needs anything before she goes to school. And Corey's distant. And where's Zeke? He's at the garage getting her brakes checked. Not that there's anything wrong with them. And you know, Corey's like, "You and I both know why I crashed." The acting here was rough. Or okay, just the delivery or something. I don't know. It was very awkward. There is a progressive series of moments that are unintentionally hilarious that only grow with how worse this episode gets. Yeah, Because yeah. I I did chuckle. When parents like, why did you? And Corey's like, why do you think? Mm-hmm. You showed a picture of her scar, so I had no choice but to drive off the road. Yeah, that diva son, she said. Mm-hmm. So Corey wants to get into this shit now. She, she's not going anywhere where anytime soon. And parents just like, fact, you scarred me, mom. Literally and figuratively. I was in pain for years. The last um, the episode was called Scars. Yeah, dumb mom. Uh, the mom flat out says that she stands by what she did. So. In the school cafeteria, there's that lame principal. 
Which don't make him a. That's that's terrible. He um, um he's got like an envelope in his hand or something, or he's got a piece of paper in his hand that he like puts in his jacket pocket. I don't know if that means anything, but secrets. Yeah, and he's he's right behind the liars at the start of the scene for some reason, which I feel like we Straight haven't seen that guy in like four episodes. Well, he's always like his like a little flashback self. In theory, if that was him, yeah. But yeah, yeah, like he hasn't even talked to the liars. It feels like in four episodes. But you know, neither has Eric Johnson. Yeah. So Tabby and Imogen are on one side of the table, separated from the other three as they usually are. Mm-hmm. Um, Imogen points out that the teen moms obviously felt guilt. That's why they visited Angela Waters' mom at the Rally Sanitarium. The others say that if Pleatherface is going to after vengeance for Angela's sexual assault, then why is he going after them and not the rapist? And Imogen, you know, can't get inside the logic of a psycho, but she adds another question. Like, this, why did Pleatherface whole, kill Karen? This whole scene is them being like, the plot of this show doesn't add up. Why does A care about us? Yeah. And the show's like, well, we're, we're lampshading it. Right? Yeah. Not yeah. really. Uh, the show's gaslighting us. It's girl bossing us. Mm-hmm. And it's girl pissing us. Um, so Noah's wondering who A is, and it could be could it be Sheriff Beasley? Since he went to the high school here and he knew their moms, and Imogen says, nah, because he loved Karen. Or well, they should just be like, okay, it must be an adult, right? Like, yeah, it must be some adult that we know. Someone who's at least 22 years old. Mm-hmm. And maybe they went to film school. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but Imogen's like, no, nah, he left Karen. And then Noah finally says, you know, I caught him getting a blowy from one of the guys I was doing community service with. A blowy. Yeah. Who says that? My Rafiko in this show. I, I Just now. I feel like that's uh, something that like Nancy Reagan would have used in like the 70s or something. Who says getting a blowy? Like well, apparently like, Nancy Reagan. Yeah. Well, she was giving her them. blowies. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, that, I found that hilarious. They couldn't just get say blowjob. Um, and by the way, that was in episode one and we've kind of done nothing with it. They're like, oh yeah, he's like taking advantage of a, a teenager, like molesting them. And I, again, episode I seven. A- oh, by the way, did you guys know he was getting head from a child anyway? And they're all like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, he has demons, <laughs> but like. I assume it's just to be cute. It's not like it's it's obviously not a censorship issue. I mean, we saw penis. No, I know. We saw hanging dong in this show. Um. Anyway, so they decide that they keep that as a suspect on the back burner. (laughs) Well, the way they're like, oh, he was getting a blowjob from a child, huh? Let's keep him as a suspect. Okay. I mean, it's it's a fairly commonplace thing in our Mm -hmm. in our in our fucked up world, unfortunately. Yeah. Um. So what about Tabby's boss, Wes? Tabby's like, huh? And it's like Tabby. Yeah. Tabby, what the hell, Tabby? Tabby seems to just forget about her boss at times. You know, seriously, what what fucking charm is he putting on her? Yeah, every time she turns around, she forgets that he's a fucking creep. I the borrowing the car, yeah, blew my mind last time. Anyway, it, Mouse, that, that line could have said anything other than borrowing my boss's car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm borrowing my mom's car because mm-hmm. she took an Uber to the airport. Uh, Mouse asks about Angela's dad and the fact that they don't know anything about whoever this is and Noah points out that they can't tell anyone because A is still keeping tabs on them. Is this true? <laughs> When's the last time A did anything to them? But I remember, you remember like they would say something and then like A would text them and be like, yeah. no, I didn't or whatever, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. And I would constantly be like, ladies, please look around. He's but it's like you, you knew that A was omniscient in the original PLL. They were like constantly a presence. Like it was Barely an episode would go by where A didn't make themselves known or felt in some way. To the point PLL. where I think it was season five, we were like, 
fuck, Caleb, you finally put tape over the uh, laptop yeah. camera? Jesus. Um, so in Madame Giri's office, she asks about Farron's mom. Uh, and Farron says that her mom will be in a cast for six weeks and then she'll be fine. And why is Madame Giri, Madame Giri like, I just, what is the dynamic here? Is this like her office hours? Is, does Farron go to regular class ever? Or is she, does she just go to ballet class all day long? Does Madame Giri, like a PE teacher, also have to teach like social studies? Yeah, she's like teaching some English or something. Yeah. She's like, I teach economics and fine art ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, so Madame Jerry's like, well, she will be thrilled to hear that you're dancing Giselle for me next summer. <laughs> and Farron's really blown away by this. And Madame Jerry's also like, you should also know that Kelly Beasley withdrew from dance class this morning. Madame why Jerry's she, a real why, shit stir. Yeah. Why does she keep bringing up Kelly? Clearly there's something weird between these two girls. Like maybe just don't gossip back and forth to, between the girls. I, I gotta be real with you. I honestly don't have the energy to theorize about who's actually Pleatherface or yeah. who's behind what. It's it's just it's hard. Uh, in library class, Kelly's alone studying, and Farron comes to talk to her, and she's like, "Because Farron cares now, or something." Yeah, sure. Well, because Madame Jiri again just propelled her mm-hmm. right at her, like like a fucking pool cue in a ball uh, into this hole. And Kelly's like, "Oh, what a relief! Now you think I'm Kelly. So what convinced you? Was it my screams or my tears?" So Farron's no idea she, she's talking she about. She thinks the Farron six. Uh, Henry on her, and but it was A, obviously. Yeah, who might have been Henry? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's a suspect. Uh, so yeah, Kelly says if Farron tries to talk to her again, she'll have her dad arrest her, which good. Um, in the bathroom summit, uh, Farron meets with the other sinners and asks, "What if I accidentally set A on Kelly? Um, is it that Pleatherface thought that Kelly was actually Karen, like Farron did, or is it just because she's a bully?" And then Noah's like, everyone else gets to go to the carnival. Why can't we? Yeah, this is like, hey, guys, we want to do a carnival episode. So we should do it. Like, they're they're acting like A's keeping them from going to the carnival or something. Right, right. I don't know. It's just, again, the real PLL did very few things in the first episodes that, that paid off dividends. You know, mm-hmm. setting up your world and your atmosphere. This show's written some some checks that it's fucking ass can't cash and it's just it's just borrowing on that debt over again also it feels like this carnival might have been a big budget item so i'm kind of curious where they cut elsewhere did it also is this an indoor carnival did you see there was like a ceiling it was yeah it was hard to tell if this was indoors or outdoors i don't know why it would be indoors like you don't need to put a ferris wheel indoors would be the also point. not to then tie because a lot of tv shows do this but like I will say that one of the things I always preached about PLL was that, like, if we had a big academic decathlon meeting coming up, they kind of set it up a few weeks in advance. Yeah, they would. If we knew homecoming was coming. We kind of set they up always knew before. like a, an episode or two in advance to kind of like plant a couple seeds. Yeah, this show does not do that. They're no, this very is like lazy. Ten minutes. Ten minutes in, it's like, oh, by the way, we want to go to the carnival this, this time. This is this episode where they're like, by the way, Farron has chronic pain. She's never shown that before in the previous six episodes, but now it's an issue. You're like, okay. Yeah. Also, Ugh, Carnival of Souls, the movie, isn't exactly a slasher film for how I mean, much they neither say. Neither is this show. But I mean, for how much they talk about the slasher film yeah. aesthetic in interviews, at least the night he came home references Halloween. If you're going to do the tacky Riverdale thing where all the titles come from horror movies, there's Terror Train, Prom Night, Slumber Party Massacre, mm-hmm. The Burning, Alice Sweet Alice, Blood and Black Lace. Prom Night, Red, Save Dom. Time. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Um, I don't know why they don't have Jamie Kennedy have a role in this. I just I'll see these comments on Reddit 
where people are just like, oh, I love the horror vibe because I love Scream. And it's like, you okay, you, you're saying that you've seen Scream. Why is, why are you comparing this show to Scream? It's nothing like Scream at all. They're like, oh, no, no, I meant the new one. Yeah. Scream 2021. Even that movie. Better mediocre than the show? though it is. Better than the show and nothing like this show. Well, at least that movie has Jenna Ortega. Yeah. Um. Oh, by the way, Farron says that she's going to the Carnival of Henry and because they got to live and Noah's like, sure, fuck it, I'll go too. Mouse seems very nervous about this, but she seems nervous about most things, which I wrote in my notes at the time. Uh, so we go to health class with the nurse. Uh, they're doing that thing that, they, again, they don't actually do in movies or TV this, shows anymore, let alone real life. But 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 this is only something that happens in movies or TV shows, at least in the past it did. It was yeah. the classic where you have to pretend to be a mother or father and take care of this like baby simulator thing. And couple up. And, yeah. and couple up for you know romantic hijinks. I don't think this uh, has ever happened in real life. But it happens, uh, or at least it used to, in like uh, TV shows and, and sometimes and movies, like all the time. Sometimes it's an egg, like in Buffy. Yeah. Sometimes it's like a sack of flour or whatever. Uh, usually it's not done in such a gross gotcha way. Um, yeah, so Imogen's doing it. Um, you know, parting up the emphasis. Imogen's just like, she says under her breath, like, oh, on top of everything else. Yeah. What is and she wearing, by the way? Oh, like, I think do I have it later in this? I don't know. What is it? Remind me. She just has this weird, like it's kind of like a, a dress with like a white blouse on underneath with like these frilly little like uh like collar and, and sleeves. Like it just it looks like something out of the nineteen forties. I had I think it's this episode where I wrote down in my notes later on where she's wearing like a like a purple version of the Allison top. Right. Yeah, I think it is this episode. Um Oh, so anyways, Chip behind who happens to sit in class behind her in health class is like, hey, you want to partner up? This is super creepy because Chip is her fucking rapist baby daddy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they thought this would play, like if you were to like rewatch the show or something, like once you know it's him, because it, it plays extremely creepy here and not like in a good way. Mm-hmm. Just in a, like, why why did you put this character through this? This is really gross, you know? Well, well so even... I, I kept watching this trying to think like how would I take this not yeah. knowing that? And I feel like I've seen this this dude on other things and he seems like a human being. He's kind of playing the character as like a, a charisma suck because he's playing the secret, I yeah. think, throughout the show. He must and know. So, I I I, yeah. I have to imagine they told the actor. Oh god, I can you imagine playing this role and then finding out at the <laughs> end? I mean, like, this isn't even like you're the killer. This is they, this is. Worse. They really haven't played like sad sack nice guy, you know. Yeah, yeah. Which you, you, it's unexcusable, but yeah. to say that it happened twice. Yeah, they're they're just going with it. They're like, hey, clearly our rapist is the same person, just for narrative convenience. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, but at no point do you feel anything like chemistry between these two characters. No. Um, and so they they agree he asked tag team or trade off, and she says trade off, she'll watch it, the baby tonight. Um oh. great. And then we go to film class, and this fucking cuck of a teacher is telling everyone for their final project that to write, direct, and edit a short film, you know, says something, some aspect of your life. Meaningful and meaningful important and important to you. to you, and you know, kind of focus in on Tabby there as she flashes back a little to the bonfire. Um I don't know. A story I, only you can tell, he says. You know, beyond all, you know, 
measure, I still like the idea of Tabby as a character. Mm-hmm. I hate what they've like, like the the lines of dialogue they give her and the plot they've put her in. I feel like uh, Chandler Kinney is definitely doing her best here um, to portray like the the youth and innocence here and like the fear. Um, I'm not a fan of this plotline. Yeah, for for a sweet little dork who's like innocence has basically been robbed of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, Chip is watching her like lovelorn again. How do you? How are you supposed to? If you don't know. And most people who were watching this, I assume, didn't know or didn't mm-hmm. guess. Like, how are you supposed to play? Especially when he's making his big speech to to, to, to Imogen later, yeah. and he's like, "By the way, I'm in love with my best friend. Do you want to kiss?" It's yeah. Like, what the fuck? <sighs> um. Yeah. So story only you can tell. So in the empty computer class, because only Mouse and Ash take computers at the school because they love the there's devices. Mouse and Ash. Yeah. Ash is asking her. Uh, how she feels about roller coasters because you know maybe they they could go to the carnival together. Here's the thing: props to Ash for always being on the spot with like, hey, I got, a, I got a new idea. But you should have to do that, Ash. Got a new idea for a date, but like you could pitch in a little mouse. Like he's he's kind of come up with a few already. Maybe it's your turn to be like, hey, I know something we could do. Right. Even if it's just spending time together. Yeah. Like just come on over and watch a movie with me. It feels like. Uh, ash's love language is just like time together whatever that's called and that that fucking thing mm-hmm. um yeah so she says it sounds amazing but her moms would never let her go because something bad happened last he's like what's carnival. bad about a carnival and she's like have you ever seen a horror movie yeah weird so stuff we always it. happens in the hall of mirrors yeah seriously she's like literally jordan peele's us it started with a carnival Mm-hmm. Um, we see the flashback as she narrates that being five years old, separated from her mom's, this, and the guy brings her. This some thing is fucking wild. Cotton candy tries to lead her away. And By wild, I mean not wild at all. It's like her big trauma is that some dude took her by the hand and tried to lead her away for like five seconds, and then her mom saw it and shouted, and the dude ran away, and that's it. And we'll we'll learn later that this dude was like her biological parent, but still. It's not like she was actually kidnapped. I mean, we were talking about like a five second moment. It'd be creepy for sure. But is this, is this like lifelong terror? I don't know. See, I can't ever judge anyone else's trauma and their reaction mm-hmm. to it. Is it appropriate? But I tend to agree with you. Um, yeah. So fortunately her mom saw her and the man ran away. And so in the classroom, Ash is like, who was he? And she says, a stranger, but you don't own that term. We own that term. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, Tall, dark, now, and strange, the menace. Beware. Yeah. And she says, and now every other, every weekend they go out of town for the carnival weekend. He's, he's so sorry. And he hugs her. And then he's just like, is that it though? So, um, is that a yes or no? <laughs> so, so are you inviting me to go yeah. out of town with your family? Yeah. I'm working can, can real hard here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Give me something. Yo, well, it's like you, you wonder, like, I mean, they should be like texting a lot or something, right? But you like one gets the impression that like they go have a fun time, you know, bowling, they kiss or whatever, and then Mouse is just like, "Peace out," you know, and he's just like, kind of left around, saying like, "I don't know what what's next," you know. I, 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 I she's supposedly. I mean, we're saying that the the rest of them are sixteen and she's fifteen. That's so, what I'm assuming, but yeah, but like. She's very sheltered. I don't know, but she's but she's also not that sheltered because she no. has a weird secret online life. No, she, she has a weird Chuck Palahniuk plotline where she's like yeah. larping as a victim. 
And you know it's a Chuck Palahniuk plotline because the fucking weird mask would be the cover of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it'd so be, meanwhile, it'd be called Mouse. You know, would be the name of the book. I just want to throw that book across the room. Um, you know what's Noah up to? Just doing some track team running exercises in the gym because I guess they couldn't afford that disgusting field that they. Maybe it's in. raining outside. I don't know. It's the winter yeah. time. Just seems like it'd make more sense on the track. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Especially since it's a squeaky. I don't know. Floor. I guess they play basketball. Whatever. Uh, Noah's apparently not doing great, but we can't tell because I think she it's comes not in last, well. kind of. But yeah, it's hard to tell. But I mean, she looks like she's in great shape. Her form looks great. I, I, not good enough so the coach coach Disjardin here says um hey like what's up with you lately yeah and she's like well my mom got a job at pinball pizza so maybe it's all the pizza i've been eating is the coach nancy allen and carrie i, I so. don't maybe. remember i saw that movie once like 25 years ago so i can't yeah. say for sure uh so her coach is asking her you know how she's doing how she's sleeping what's her diet and she says not great bob Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she says that her mom got a job at the pizza place, so their diet's a lot of pizza. And the coach says that she has a trainer for Noah who can get her where she wants to be, which means, I guess, roids? I don't know. He I don't can know get what you the clear is. or the clean. Yeah, he worked with uh, Barry Bonds there. He's, he's got the hookup. Yeah. Is, you're going to have to weigh in more on the roids culture. I don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what the inhaler is supposed to be later on. but Yeah, I've never heard of inhalers maybe i don't know it could be a way to Sounds administer gross. drugs i guess yeah uh dance class farron's like doing some dancing with noah um and then suddenly she's right? like "Ooh, ouch you know he's like oh you're okay and she's like yeah oh, yeah, yeah. I felt a Sorry. twin yeah uh this uh, is henry um so she felt a twin she's fine and he's like oh where's the pain she's like my back and it's like what if in the first five episodes of this show We'd seen these occasional moments where she'll kind of like she's practicing by herself and she's like, ooh, and she like, you know, grabs her back or we see her like taking a, some pain pills or something, you know, like there is a way to set this up that wouldn't even really t- take much extra. You know, you just going to be laying the seeds in the background that like, oh, she has to deal with a lot of chronic pain. So that when we got to this point, it didn't feel like it was just coming out of nowhere. Well, so I think the problem that you're facing is that I feel like somebody pitched that and then the response was, no, no, no. We have 35 characters. We can only give her two things. It's either going to be chronic back pain in the first few episodes or racism. See, what I think it was is I think they didn't know that they were going to do this plot line until about episode five. Mm. I mean, granted, they did put the scoliosis thing in early, but it really feels like a lot of this is they're like, oh, hey, it's time to do this plot line. You know, like, and they've just been completely ignoring it before. Um, But Henry's giving her a little sexy uh, back massage there to make the pain go away. But Mm. she asked him to stop. And she kind of tells him, oh, I've had this on and off for years, eight years. And he's like, you've been dancing with pain for eight years? She's like, yeah, since surgery. You know, most times it's manageable, but every so often I have to take Epsom salt baths and ice and go get a cortisone shot. And he's, he's concerned. She's like, I'm dealing with it. Don't worry. Yeah. Hey, Henry, you don't climb out of my ass. <laughs> Just climb right out of there. At the movie theater, Tabby's behind the counter and Wes and Chip come over. Just laughing it up, just fucking yucking it up. Remember, Wes fucking hates Chip, but Does now he? they're yucking it up. In the first few episodes, well, he was like giving Chip all the shit jobs, I guess. Yeah, but he's just. But like, maybe, he's, maybe now he's like, I need to back it off a little with Tabby because, mm. like, you know, she was catching well, the weird vibe, so I got to be friend Chip instead. Oof. Uh, so Wes comes over, happy's a pig and shit over their next selections for a double feature, which would never fly in a town like this whatsoever. But they want to show. Last House on the Left by Wes Craven and The Virgin Spring by E. Mark Bergman, which is like chapter one of certain kind of like horror as film textbooks. 
Um, Tabby points out that both Grindhouse them meets Art House. Yeah, Tabby points out both of them feature incredibly graphic rape scenes, and then he's like, "I think you're missing the point." <laughs> and then he he film explains them to her and says that they're violent films, but they're also very moral. And she has this fantasy sequence in her head where she like stabs her pen into his hand, and he starts spurting blood out of it. Yeah, this was a weird sequence. I mean, it would be interesting if they follow it up with this, but they don't really. It just happens once, and that's it. Yeah, so Wes is screaming, Chip is screaming. We do a little close-up. Tabby's a little excited smile. And of course, in reality, she's just like staring off into space. You know, and Wes tells her it's good that she's thinking about these things, but she's going to go to film school. Then she needs to have some distance. But, so but she the, said, the show can't end the scene here with her clearly being bothered by this. They have to let her win. Like, she can never lose in a scene. They have to give her the soapbox that tell these guys off and, like, you know, get the last word in, which, like... I can understand the impulse, but it's like, remember, you're you're telling a story here. You know, you don't necessarily always need like the the morality to be spoken aloud. You can you can allow the subtext to exist. You know, well, it's kind of a South Park form of writing. Yeah, so we yeah. need to have the character who's the mouthpiece mm-hmm. of the thesis. But yeah, so she says that her problem with these movies isn't that they exist, but that they're venerated by these two bozos who have. Zero idea what movies are saying about sexual violence. She asks if they have any idea what it's like to watch those films as a, as a woman. She asks Chip if their psycho project taught him anything about trauma and the female Why body. Why would it? Yeah. yeah. Um, she tells them to have fun with their like double feature massaging. She's going to take her break and work on her school projects. She walks off and Wes is like, what the fuck? I just feel like and it would have been more honest to me if she just kind of like snapped at him, you know, and it was like, mm-hmm. I can't believe you, you know, want to like watch this shit or just something where it wasn't like, let me unload my tweet thread on you. But yeah. A little more of just like a purely emotional response. So we, we know, oh, clearly this is really bothering Tabby, but it, it would feel more, I don't know, honest to the character that she wouldn't have like this ready made like speech to give about it. That she'd mm-hmm. just be, be like really like pissed off and annoyed. Also, I know it's a TV show, but is, is it only the three of them that work here? Seemingly, yeah. Uh, so Mouse's room, which is covered in butterfly wallpaper because she's in her chrysalis, you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets a text from that Steve guy that says, hi again. I got us tickets to the carnival so we can ride the carousel together. It's your favorite. Creep. She screams, oh, my God, leave me the fuck alone, Steve, which is delivered unintentionally hilarious. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Then the camera's she, also doing weird, like, tilty stuff here. She goes and finds him on LinkedIn, and she's like, bingo. And bingo, I'm sorry. dickhead. This rivaled the perceived comedy about Noah's mom last week. Bingo. Got you on LinkedIn, bitch. Yeah, and he works at Tech Shack. Uh, so Tabby's house at night, Imogen has that fucking crying baby doll. And she's like, or, sorry, Imogen has that. Yeah, Imogen's like freaking out when Cheryl Leal comes in. Cheryl Neal, Leal's like, you just need to burp that baby. And that is when she said, How are you technologically like, keeping that baby? Yeah, you're planning on keeping that baby. How technologically like advanced is this weird baby simulator thing? That you knows to be burped. I don't know. But yeah, she's she's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. This isn't the right time to ask the question. But uh, are you going to keep that baby or what? And she's like, uh, like she's never thought of this before. And she's like, I don't know. And well, like, I feel like this show is some kind of nightmare thing where I'm pretty sure there had to be an episode of the podcast, but the real PLO, where I was like, this baby thing would be a killer plot line for that show. Because, you know, Caleb would just be like, I hacked the baby. It's going to sleep for four days straight. I feel like it's a, it's a very tropey plot. It, you can have lots of fun. This is usually more of a romance plot. And the fact that they're using it to kind of um, yep. delve deeper into the rapist 
Yup. Isn't particularly fun. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Sharon Leal's just like, look, you're 16. You have so much ahead of you. Give her the fucking baby. You know, I want yeah, you to understand your options. Consider your options about adoption. I have, I have a name of an agency, you know, and I want you to make an appointment to which I would say to you, why doesn't Sharon Leal go with her? Yeah. Why doesn't an adult go with her? Especially the person who referred her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that wouldn't, that would leave, you know, not an opening. Uh, so title card Tuesday, Imogen comes running into some woman's office, like, I don't know, the, it's like it's the, like the front office or whatever, or yeah. yeah, and asks for her to watch her fake baby for 30 seconds while she, while she pees, but when she comes back from the bathroom, the baby's gone. Did she not gone. take the baby into the bathroom? Really? Yeah. Is it just um, too gross in there? You don't want to set it down anywhere or be holding on to it? They just hold on to it like a football. Yeah, she comes back. The baby's now gone. Um, she's also just wearing another weird, like, baby doll dress right now. This, like, yellow thing with a lot of, like, bows around the neck and stuff. I just, what are they doing with her? Um, it's ghastly. It's so she's ghastly. she's freaking out. She's like, where's the baby go? And Mrs. Bell here is like, I didn't touch it. Like, seemingly, she's on her phone, not paying attention. So who knows what happened to the baby? And Imogen goes out to the hall, and suddenly a bell rings. And there's all these students filling the hall. And, like, a bunch of students have their own baby simulators and like one of them's like throwing it up into the air like playing around with it and so there's like fake babies everywhere and you know it's like it's panic she's freaking out um this, this would like... this would play harder if we thought she was going to keep the baby and not that we knew this was a rapist baby i guess yeah 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 um or we're not currently within the episode questioning adoption as an option yeah but also, is this like an impaired version of a of a Hitchcock device, where suddenly there's, there's a bunch of babies yeah. in this hallway? Um, I mean, it's literally like the ending of the Thomas Crown Affair, too. Anyway, mm-hmm. so she runs in the chip and tries to calm her down. She said the baby's a her, and she named it Cl- Clarice after the popular CBS TV show named after the character from Science of the Lambs, which also starred Nicole from PLL. Why is it named Clarice? You know why it's named Clarice. Uh... Um, he suggests waiting for people to leave the hallway and let it get quiet. She's having a panic attack and she feels pathetic. Then in the distance, they hear the baby crying, which is, uh, yeah, this is, this is when I noticed what she's wearing. And I, I yeah. just wish I'd never seen this outfit before. It's like yellow and white checked. Anyway, they find like in the janitor's broom closet, the baby's just sitting there and he's like, Oh, see, it's just, a, he says, oh, it's just a prank probably on the jocks, maybe Greg or, and then they see there's a, a safety pin to the baby is you're a bad mother with it. The A is red, so it's like an A message. And he just like grabs it, and he's like, someone's fucking with you, Imogen. Um, I don't know what they're doing here. Like, I feel like because because we know what the show, where it goes, but like mm-hmm. if, if we in theory didn't, it seems like they're trying to build up Chip as like a good guy, like a possible companion for well, her. Well, they've been building him as a good guy. Yeah. Not regards to her, but which, yeah, like, I guess it's now. so they can pull the rug out and be like, haha, you got to watch out for Gross. those good guys. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. That's not a 2022 storyline, you guys. That's a, that's a, that's a, I am sure Beverly Hills 90210 90s storyline. I'm sure dudes like this exist who seem very nice and do horrible things, but it just, it, it feels manipulative in, in a gross way that they're like, we're going to trick you into liking this guy. 
you know? well, and and I'm sure that this guy has remorse and regrets it, and I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Um. Also, has the show has the school ever done anything about their janitor who was brutally murdered? No, man. I mean, they're barely even following up on a student who's been missing for like a I, week. And I, that was my next note because obviously it comes up later in this episode. Mm-hmm. But I was like, what about the teen boy who disappeared on Halloween? But like, yeah. are they just like, well, our school sure is getting dirtier since the janitor stopped showing up to work. Well, remember how uh, you know Karen. Felder a death in the second episode and I do remember it really seemed like that was going to be a big plot point because they were like sort of implicated mm-hmm. but then it just nope. kind of fizzled out in a single episode and they got detention for two weeks and that was that okay okay show anyways um what are these two you talking about Jin's like hey maybe we should tag team this assignment which I don't really understand what the difference is She's like, oh, if, if you're going to tag team, then could you give me a ride to the adoption agency after school? Which is like, like this would be like a, something that like the baby daddy would do, but he is the baby daddy secretly. No, it's, you know? it's, it's gross, but like, it has nothing to do with the school project. No. Yeah. Like, how does one trade off? And so, like, what is the difference between trading off and tag teaming with this baby? He, no, seriously, trade off and tag team is the exact yeah. same thing. But like, he's like, give you a ride or we... Are we, are we putting our fake baby simulator up for adoption? She's like, oh, no, it's about my real baby. And he's like, oh, okay, fuck off then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch the baby while you're out of you know town for this or whatever. Um, why would Sharon Leal not give her a ride? Um, but he actually wants confirmation. This is about the real baby. Mm-hmm. Gross. Uh, so Madam Jerry's office, Henry apparently ratted Farron out for having a, a back A scene pain. that happened off screen that we didn't see. Madam Geary just starts by saying, don't be angry at Henry. And I'm like, wait, did I miss something in the last scene? I'm like rewinding, like, was I was I too distracted by how boring the show is that I missed an important line of dialogue? No, I didn't. Oh, like he might have gotten the wrong subway order? Yeah. Um, she's she's telling Farron like some story about how years ago she broke her ankle during a performance, wrapped it in an ace bandage, and the next day she took a sabbatical because she just couldn't put the slightest pressure on her ankle. It's like when Philip Rivers played a whole playoff game on a torn ACL. Exactly the same. It's a reference I don't get at all. Uh, Mm -hmm. So Madam Jerry's, you know, gives her a referral to some doctor. I don't know if that was a helpful anecdote for Farron. What is, I I think the message is, hey, I tried to gut it out and it sidelined me for three months. So maybe don't. I think that's what her Mm -hmm. anecdote is supposed to mean. Mm -hmm. So like, take it seriously. Don't try to like, you know, just deal with it. Which I do not believe from this this character as she's been set up so yeah. far in the show. This character is Menengiri is also not a real person. She just kind of exists to flip and flop in whatever direction is needed to like instigate drama, but for Farron or Kelly or, or whoever, I, you know. I would not be shocked in the last episode. Angela Waters is reincarnated, and she's just like Madam Geary. There was a Madam Geary who taught yeah. here years ago, but she died on a night not unlike tonight. Um, and so in the hallway outside, Henry's waiting to, for her so he can apologize. And as punishment, Farron's making him come to the specialist of her because it's the least he can do. Cool. Sure. Yeah. Um, outside the school, there's the school bell ringing. We get we get a, a lot in this episode. Tabby's just like strutting along. She like looks over. This is one of the few moments where I feel like visually they're doing something that feels generally like like quote unquote spooky or disturbing or whatever. The way they kind of like. They lean in on her. I mean, I think they're definitely helped by like the weather outside. It's kind of this like overcast day. It's a little windy and kind of pans to her over to this like creepy, you know, denuded forest. Um, no, okay. I'm sorry. They, they, they film it with her reaction in this cut. 
like mm-hmm. she's like, oh shit! Like the woods just suddenly appeared. Oh true, fuck! True, yeah. Oh my god, those woods were they always but, I mean, there? Maybe, I was walking right towards. Maybe it's just the 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 wind and the trees and the fall and the overcast day that's doing a lot of work here. You know, mm-hmm. that is. I'll I'll say this. That is one thing we did not typically get in PLL because it was filmed on a back lot, like almost yeah. entirely. It was always very sunny. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get some more horrific PTSD flashbacks as she decides to walk out into the woods. Um, and this, and this, more this I, I want to be interested in this because I feel like they're they're at least trying on this half of the rapist plotline more so than Imogen's, you know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I found this weird because she goes to like the remnants of this bonfire. It's like, oh, this is where the bonfire happened, you know, months and months ago or whatever. And then she suddenly like stands up and turns around and there's a right behind her and she falls down and A's going to stab her. And then it's like, Oh, she just imagined that, mm-hmm. which is, I feel like we're before she imagined her attacking Wes, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, Ooh, like she's going to a dark place. Um, but now it's like, she's weaving a into her trauma, which okay, doesn't so totally make sense. And it's I'm, kind of like a different reaction from her, like uh fantasy fantasizing about violence earlier. I'm honestly shocked that we haven't gotten a, a conversation with Tabby because the show has to have a mouse piece for every idea that it thinks it's clever and wants credit mm-hmm. for. Where she's like, guys, I'm starting to wonder if I'm just imagining egg as an embodiment of yeah. like my fears and concerns, you know? Because like I, that's that kind of should have been what what Pleatherface should have been from the beginning. But I don't maybe know if it was that. more psychological. But then why would they all be imagining the same thing? Yeah, but yeah, um, well, I don't you know. Could, you could, if you had cohesive storylines where they all could mm-hmm. have a faceless enemy, yeah. Yeah, that'd be a little more like bodies, 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 I guess. But anyway, she's creeped out by this, uh, you know, hallucination of A and leaves the forest. Uh, this episode, more so than others, is really edited like a low-budget 80s slasher movie. And if you think that's a compliment, it's not. So she's out in the woods, and honestly, it, it does looks feel like something out of the road. It just yeah. looks bleak as fuck. Maybe it's the direction, but I feel like there's a little bit, just a little bit less haze indoors in some of these shots. mm Perhaps. Yeah. Maybe they ran out of haze. Yeah. <laughs> so their haze budget. HBO's like, no more haze for you. So uh, we're at the police station. Tabby is here to see Deputy Maroon. But unfortunately, Mr. Slenderman, uh, Sheriff Beasley walks by and it's just like, oh, what are you doing here? And she's like, I'm talking to, I want to talk to Maroon. And he's like, well, actually, I've been meaning to call you. Come with me. And, she, and he's like, that wasn't a request, Miss Hayworth. It's like he's playing the darkest, most drunkest, like Don Draper. Yeah, just very curt and I don't know, really feeling his power. Not, I don't know, I don't know. It's just it seems kind of phoned in for an actor. Um, he's probably off, pissed that he like hadn't gotten a script in four weeks or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or he's just like the original show was beloved and popular. <laughs> Wait, what is this? What am I doing? What am I getting in the first episode? A blowy. Um, so sheriff's office. That's right, asking, a blowy. <laughs> Who doesn't love a blowy? All right. Um, um, he's asking her about Tyler, and she mentions that this Tyler kid has been seen since Halloween. That he was last seen drinking at a house party full of underage drinking, having a heated argument with her, and it ended in violence. And she says that he was harassing a friend. He was just protecting from Tyler, who was being inappropriate and belligerent with her. And she hasn't seen him since that night. And he's pretty pleased with this and she's got a pretty good line here it's like guys like tyler are always fine in towns like millwood with guys like you looking out mm-hmm. for them and it's like leave that's the end and he just like the- leans back with this like satisfied smirk and he's like miss hayworth 
uh, what are you even doing at my station? And she lies and says something about a parking ticket. Um, yeah. And he's just like, I don't know. It's, he's really on the case there, this missing child. He's been gone for like a week or something. Well, it's it's like they're trying to get to the thing in PLL that people always overlooked about why they couldn't go to the cops. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's a town like this with guys like this. Um, I feel like that would play a lot better if they weren't such goody two-shoes. Well, also, you have you have some runway here for like episode 10. Tabby tries to go to Deputy Maroon and discovers there is no such Deputy Maroon. And then Imogen takes off her, you know, Mission Impossible mask because she's evil. Sure. Um, at the adoption agency, uh, Imogen's meeting with a woman with Chip sitting right there. Because why wouldn't you invite your rapist to this fucking scene? And there's um, a whole thing where the, the woman assumes that this is the father and he lies yeah. and says he is. It's just, just gross. It's gross. Yeah. It's gross. And again, I'm not I'm not saying like why wouldn't she invite her rapist? I'm saying this show, why wouldn't you concoct this dumbass? Well, yeah, why gross. why have you concocted this weird plot line to I mean, I guess you were saying like, ooh, look how evil he is, you know, that he has like inserted himself into her life this way but as I don't, the pretend dad when he is the real dad. I don't think they're playing him as evil. I think they're playing him as something else, which then implies that at some point you're going to try to make him complicated and build empathy yeah. for him. And I don't know that I really want to feel that. Yeah, um, so anyways, outside, she's like, Hey Chip, why did you pretend to be the dad? And he's like, I don't know. I just want to be supportive. And she's like, well, you know, that was nice. Thanks. He says, don't mention it. Um, and then he like, he's like, Hey, you want to grab a bite? Um, so they're going to go to some pizza place. Uh, the only with, pizza place in town. The yeah. only, only food in town with the fucking babysitting there, right? They're with them. And, they're like and laughing and having a good time. He's talking about Waterworld 2 and how he like tried to film it in his like dad's pool and broke the camera. So, you know, it's like, oh, look at them. They're hitting it off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, he's only working at the movie theater to earn money to buy a new camera, which he, he broke making Waterworld 2. And that's where he and Tabby bonded because there's a lot of downtime or whatever. And they're the only employees. And she basically asked her to go to the carnival with him. Um, so Farron gets home. And and like you said, it's it's weird because we see that there's some light. Like It indicates that there's some sunshine outside despite all this gloom when she's walking in the door. Yeah. Uh, as if there's solar power and the opposite of solar power. Mm-hmm. And it can be harnessed for energy because this whole town runs on the opposite of solar power. So it's, it's time for Farron to tell her mom off again. She's got a whole new speech loaded up for like, fuck you, you suck, basically. like At this point, Farron, just push her wheelchair down the stairs. Well, she's like, I went to another doctor and uh, because I have chronic pain and from the surgery you forced me to have when I was eight years old, which Geary's doctor said was a huge mistake. And it's like, we already knew a lot of this, but thank you for repeating it, I guess. Thank you for summing up. Yeah. Um, so she's like, oh, I'm going to have to do physical therapy three times a week and start wearing a brace seems possible and i think she says like six months or something she can't dance yeah and the mom's Very like if you're in pain breath. you should have said something and farron's like are you for real i did over and over a dozen sometimes and it's like what if we saw that happen once that would be neat you know yeah what if we saw her mention to her mom and her mom kind of blew it off or says like oh here take some of my like vicodin or something you know like you could have even done this last week mm-hmm. when her mom came up to watch the the evaluation no Oh, so now hear this. I'm not gonna let your poor decisions affect my life. The rest of my life, I'm going to get better and right away. And she leaves. And Farron, Farron leaves every scene like she's just done her version of a mic drop. 
Well, it's just, like I was perfect and now I'm more perfect and I've told you off. And now my would any semblance of a character arc I had is seemingly over now. I'm like even more empowered than I was before. And it's again, like, I'm great, not, I guess. I don't know. You're just not very interesting as a character. I'm not against any of the fucking issues that the show is like champion or, or talking about like, hey, we need to finally do something about these kind of people. Because, yeah, people suffer from fucking chronic pain all the mm-hmm. time and it sucks. Like, I just feel like the show does it in such a hollow way. And it's, it's so ham fisted and it's it just they refuse to let their characters have any sort of shades of gray to them at all. It feels like yeah. it's like they can only ever be right and and perfect. And like the one bad thing they did with that video just got like brushed under the rug, you know? Well, let me ask you a question. Have they, any of them lied? Like really lied? Not really. Are, I mean, I guess you could say sinners? they're, they're lying by omission by not mentioning the a business, but otherwise pretty know. little liars by omission, colon yeah. original sin. I mean, are any of them really sinners? Mm-mm. Um, no, they're not. That's the thing. They're not. They're they're way too like good as people. They're not even. They don't even play realistically as teenagers. You know, like teenagers are yeah. little little scamps, the rascals. They do all kinds of shit. No, this is like like I keep thinking like Steve Buscemi is going to turn around and be like, "How do you do, fellow kids?" Mm-hmm. Um, so Noah uh, is on the, on some gym on a treadmill with an oxygen mask on. This is basically that scene from Skyfall, but with Maya Rafiko, so it's better. Uh, the trainer says her that her issue is like shortness of breath. He gives her some kind of inhaler. She's getting some TB12 treatment here. Yeah, it tells her to take two hits before each practice. She'll notice a difference. I'm just saying. I don't know what this is, but like I can take two hits before anything. Fuck yeah. Well, he says, no, you have no cardiovascular shortcomings. Uh, this will help, though. You'll notice a difference right off the bat. It's what, the Gen 4, whatever that means. Oh, wait, sorry. That's the next scene. This doesn't have to be prescribed. He could just like pull this out of his pocket. And be like, I mean, I guess go. if it's totally illegal, sure. Because you know? <laughs> like, immediately Noah's just like, this is the roids or whatever to Sean. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, but they don't say roids. So I kept thinking, like, we're we talking about the roids here? You, I mean, maybe it's just like narrative convenience. They don't want to show it. But like a brief scene of her like Googling the name of the, the drug yeah. on, the, you know, on the label or whatever. I mean, like, wait a minute. Should I be taking this? It's got some real like website page, yeah. you know, like, like energy. Spencer would have done it. Oh yeah. Oh, Spencer would have. She's like, I tried those. Mm-hmm. They don't work. Uh, Steve's Spencer's job. like, this slowed me down. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tech shack. Mm-hmm. Cause of course he's a fucking cell phone salesman. Yeah. Um, he's just like some radio shack employee. This like, creepy which cell phone guy. salesmen are the new scum. They're the, like, like, like no, they always have like, been. I feel like car salesmen, like you know, they they're getting honest or something, and sales folks were like, "Yeah, we're we're trash." Also, he's talking to these people about the phone as a more quiet motor. Dad, yeah, this just break. makes me think like I really need to go to AT and T. Like my my plan is so old that they're just like, "We're going to charge you ten bucks more a month for it now because you need to upgrade to five G." And I'm just like, "Fuck it!" Like I, I'm just paying it now because I don't want to go there and have to because I have to go in and like deal with somebody and like get a new SIM card. I think to like upgrade my plan and I just like put it off forever. Oh, I feel like 120 bucks a month is a, is a reasonable price to not have to go into the AT&T <laughs> office. Yeah. Um, yeah. So mouse shows up ruining some sales pitch. He's doing this couple asking if they have tracking devices on the phone, you know, to stalk people, whatever. Yeah. Um, and and which, so which he's like, excuse me, customers, I need to go yell at this teenager all over here. Yeah. It doesn't really like ruin his pitch at all. They're just like, Whoa. Um, so he goes around the corner to have a pretty threatening conversation with her still fairly close to these people. Yeah. He's and like, he's, this is my place of employment. 
And she's like, yeah, you're fucking stalking me. Like, fair game, asshole. Yeah, I'm going to dox your ass. <laughs> I love that she says that line. I'll dox your ass. Yeah. Okay, so it's the more modern than modern show. What do the writers think doxing is? Great question. Yeah. Do they, uh, do, like, because she says I'll dox your ass. Like, she's already halfway there, sort of, because she's showing up at his place of business. Is she is she threatening to, to put his information online? Is that what the writers she's like, are, are saying? She's like, I will share the link to your LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. Oh. You're getting a little phone call there yourself. Yeah. Must be someone from LinkedIn. I'm trying to dox my ass. Uh, let's introduce our sponsor, mm-hmm. LinkedIn Learning. Um, find at your local library. Yeah, so I, I feel like this scene, you know, he's just like... Um, he's just he's more tell- and more villainous now, yeah. But she's like, I'm going to tell your coworkers that you're you're harassing me, which would have looked better if you could have afforded some more extras and coworkers in this scene. Yeah. Instead of like, like a like the utterly dead tech shack. Um, also, if he didn't work in such a vile industry, I feel like this would only get him a promotion at the tech mm-hmm. shack. Oh, you're harassing a teenage girl? You're manager now. But uh, he's like, oh, I all, I know all about you too. Yeah, I know um, I know why you do what you do. You reach out to parents who've lost kids because you were almost snatched once. And she's like, how do you know that? And he's like, from your mom. We go to a support group together for like, you know, parents who've had their baby snatched or whatever. Um and he's like, oh, it's at a community center in Somerville on like Tuesdays. And she's like, no, my mom goes to a book club. It's in oh, Somerville God. on Tuesdays. Oh, shit. That's a lie, isn't it? This was painful to watch. To watch her try to like have to play connecting those dots. Mm-hmm. Well, the oh, fact that he's able no. to turn this on her so easily, it's like, no, you're still, you have way more power than this dude right now. Like, oh, okay. But also shades of Chuck Palahniuk again. Yeah. The mom is playing tourist at a support group. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So we don't care about this middle-aged man stalking her anymore. Like, does this Whatever. guy show up again? Does he get mentioned again? So, yeah. Also, is he saying that the mom showed everyone her picture? I think so, yeah. Because if the mom's saying she snatched, like, she had a, did she show a picture of her little girl at five years old? I mean, I guess she's saying that I got her now? back or something. Yeah. But I mean, like, it, like that's that's a big difference to yeah. say I got her back. Because then you would ask stories about how long was she gone? Oh, five seconds. Mm-hmm. What are you doing in our group? Get out of here, lady. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot of holes to poke in Elodie's story here. Anyway. Yeah. Mouse, Mouse, races- Mouse runs home and cuts up all the, like, creepy shoebox of photos of her, like, her like larping you know targets or whatever and her mickey mouse mixing mouse like like lunchbox yeah yeah whatever uh, and so, so she gets a text from unknown the, the man who tried to take you wasn't a stranger and she's like oh shit it would have Which, more impact if these were signed a but whatever but i know it's not the case but i almost have to wonder like were they halfway through production when they got the word that hbo was going to slap Prill liars colon onto yeah, the show, yeah. you know that's what it feels like. Um, as as like they're like, oh, we have kind of a weak ass PLO ripoff. Oh, why don't we just make it the real? I mean, no, that wasn't the case, obviously. No, no, it like, wasn't the case, it. obviously. But, but yeah, it reads that way sometimes. Also, so, so I guess we're supposed to read that this is what gives Mouse the tactical yeah. her strategy master that she is, like mm-hmm. like a, a great idea. Mm-hmm. So you know, at Noah's house, she and Sean are having a romantic dinner. We pan over some candles and some like half-eaten caprese salads, and she's or Sean suggested they go to the carnival tomorrow and meet up with some of the guys from football. Um, and he mentions Bo, which is apparently the trainer's name. Says that yeah. several of the guys get doped with him. 
Yeah. And she's like, hey, I'm really concerned about this, like these roids in the inhaler. And he's like, oh, like chill out. And she's like, yeah, some might say it's doping, Sean. Uh, and she's like, are you using inhaler? He's like, no, I'm all natural, baby. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, getting a little extra boost to help you be the best version of yourself. And sure. sure, whatever. So back uh, to Mouse. She's asking her mom, Elodie, hey, is that a book you're reading for your book club? And Elodie lies. And it's like, yes. And she's like, oh, all ages are just for adults. And she's like, just for okay. adults. I'm trying to remember what is the fucking book from the 90s that like like a lot of like suburban white moms read for five minutes. Is it, is it the white edge Oleander? of the ocean? Was it the edge of the ocean, which is about child abduction? Like that would be hilarious. Uh, no, that's not what it's called, but I know the, the thing you're, you know what I'm talking the about? Deep like, end of the ocean. Deep end of the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Like if just like, this is the book they read every month in her <laughs> <Yeah>. fake <fake-ass> book club. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's that, reading that or something by John Walsh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's reading. Uh, anyway. Um, so she asked mom, if, is the book club for adults only or is it all ages? She says that she's going to the carnival of Ash. And the mom's like, what about our tradition? We've already booked the cabin. Um, and mom's like, what if he's there, mouse? What a weird tradition, by the way. We have to get out of town just in case your like, you know, potential kidnapper comes back. Um, mm. But yeah, she's like worried that this person could be there. And mouse is like, the man who tried to take me, was he a stranger like you said, mom? And mom says, yes. Total stranger, as far as we all know. And Mouse is like, well, in that case, he's long gone. There's nothing to worry about. Okay. Ten years. Ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Tabby's room. Imogen comes in again. She always comes into her room. She says that Chip took Clarice for the night. So Tabby approves of the name. Uh, Imogen mentions that everything she did of Chip and that he asked her to go to the carnival. So she's basically girl coach. She wants Tabby's approval. Yeah, I got to make sure Tabby's not into him. And Tabby's like, oh, no, totally not. You're cool. Because she's like, I watched this show and there was this really hot storyline called Spalib. And it caused some tension with the girls and also the fans. I just don't want to. Not that we really have ships on this show because they're all kind of bad. But Tabby's like, it's fine, you know, since they're really good friends. And she said, he's just a really good guy, which is like, you're just digging your hole deeper. Yeah. Um, so Tabby will, will be at the carnival of her mom before she goes. Imogen remembers the police station asked Tabby how it went, and Tabby says she didn't because she had a, a run in of Sheriff Slenderman. So we're, Tabby we're says, still going with that one, yeah. That's that's it's sticky. Oh, why isn't it Sheriff Blowy? <laughs> uh, so Tabby just says that, that she might talk to the school nurse instead. So boom, 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 Wednesday. This is um mouse is home when she comes out of her room for breakfast uh i just realized that the the mouse kitchen set might be the same exact set as noah's home kitchen like redressed yeah yeah like but barely um Mm -hmm. like there might also be a pill bottle for caleb rivers and mouse's set um so the main main mouse's mom is gone ellie's gone she canceled the trip to the mountains she'll never let this go the other mom who i don't know the name of but who's cooler i think it's d d d like d-e-e oh yeah. No, you... Elodie is D. Because oh, okay. That's what she calls her for I'm short. wrong then. Sorry. Never yeah. mind. Yeah. Um. So, uh, fortunately, the nameless other mom. Let me see if like, it's in the credits anywhere. Cool. It's straight up like I don't know how much longer I can do this with her, and she tells Mouse that she has to live her life, and, and like you know, so do we. And I like the Mouse is not like, oh, that's a bummer. My mom is my breakup. She's just kind of like, no, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I totally get. It. My mom's a drip. Mm-hmm. Um. So in the girls' locker room. Noah's there getting ready for something like practice, waits till everyone else is gone. Then she sits and pulls out her inhaler and considers it. And I thought, like, why don't you Google whatever this medicine's supposed yeah, to be? Yeah, yeah, really. Um, 
so the school nurse uh tabby's like sit with the school nurse she's trying to like find the courage and the the words to tell the nurse about this like health matter that happened to her over the summer when she looks over and sees a poster about the thanksgiving blood drive and she starts to form a plan i mean i i am intrigued by this like this like vigilante like bent that tabby has mm-hmm. where she wants to find the person and i know that you mentioned like front of the pod came up with a theory about the penises which makes sense but like I kind of wish the show would actually address that just to make it clear that Tabby has been trying to like loosely collect clues and solve her own puzzle. Yeah, because it's it's still not like it, it's not a justification for filming underage boys nude. You no, know? Like, no, it's yeah. Well, it's so weird, and I just I can't believe that like like the 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 fake the robot fans of the show haven't like brought it up like mm-hmm. oh what's unanswered like where's where's my my like pop rocks unanswered questions article like what's with the teenage dicks yeah so i'm looking at IMDb. i still have no idea what the uh other mom's name is although i did see apparently um at, guess what ash's last name is what it's a horror director romero nailed it wow ash romero yeah fucking me because Romero is like always your go-to reference. If you don't, if you're not using if you West, Craven or, or yeah. Carpenter, yeah. Well, the funny thing about the West on this show is that he is a Craven fucking creep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, title card, boom, 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 Carnival Night. Uh, we see the 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 shit for the carnival. There's like a clown mouth that leads into the maybe house it's of inside mirrors. a tent. It there's a ceiling. That's all. I, I yeah, know. I think it's supposed to be inside a tent or something. It's very strange. Is that usually how this goes? I what well, like. A Ferris wheel is usually fun because you're up in the air and you can see out, you know, into your surroundings. To, be, to do that inside of a tent would be kind of lame. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, look, I can see the scaffolding. Ooh, yeah. Really good work they did. Um, those carnies really know what they're, what they're doing this year. Um, but like, I, I think honestly, like you said, it's probably raining this day. And so yeah. they probably moved the track scene inside. Mm-hmm. They probably are like, fuck, we got to, we got to, we spend a million dollars on a carnival shit. <laughs> Put it in a warehouse. Um, yeah, there's carnivals, there's Ferris wheels, there's other bullshit. There's something called the alien abduction, which is a bit on the nose even for this I show. I think that's just a Gravitron. It's still on the nose. Yeah. Um, so Ash and Mouse get there, and he's surprised that the carousel is her favorite ride. And she's, and says that he's glad that her mom changed her mind and let her out of the house. So uh, she Mouse calls him, comment. She calls him her boyfriend, and he's like, By your accident. boyfriend? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a real like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Uh, maybe I gave you the wrong impression. <laughs> I mean, I would have loved Ash forever. Yeah. Not that I approve of this move, but he's like, well, Mouse, I got five of you. Yeah. <laughs> You're I'm what sorry I call... if you thought this a little more than it was. That's no on offense. me. You're what I call Wednesday. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's just like, no, I, I'm totally into it. And they they kiss in front of the Ferris wheel. It's kind of like a, a good shot, if I remember correctly. It's been no, a it's, it's a decent it. shot. I just I, I wish this felt connected at all anything like everything in the show it just feels like completely random like every day in the writer's room they just come up with like some new plot line for a character that has nothing to do it's not it's not even like thematically all wrapped up together or anything really like the steve stuff you can't really say oh this is like another like this is another men behaving badly thing like the rapist like it just doesn't really connect you know no no well and, and the problem if, if you're trying to reverse engineer and create in a lab fucking ships that people can go lose their shit over mm-hmm. like 
it's always better for a TV audience to see the characters come together. Whatever your favorite yeah. trope, yeah, enemies yeah. to lover at all, like coming together is great. But like for Sean and Noah, it's like they were together in the first episode. They're like, we're fucking and sucking all the time. And then they had this like magical sex skimade mm-hmm. at the, the dance, whatever. But like at least Ash and Mouse, we saw them come together. They were the closest I could say to like not having heat, but having chemistry. Well, and I, I feel like but in, it's not always there in what what they should be doing in the show is like a should be setting up these roadblocks that mouse is having to navigate to be with ash you know like that there's there's fertile ground there you know for a to like fuck with her because this is something she wants yeah yeah you know like then, mouse, mouse wants this but instead it's just like this weird steve thing you know yeah and then occasionally at times turning it on her like when Arya's like, hey, mm-hmm. save my relationship. Yeah. You know, it's like Hannah's just been electrocuted. And Emily's almost had her head cut off. And Spencer's been Spencer. Yeah. Uh, so Sharon, Leo, and Tabby are, are walking through the carnival together. She's Sharon, Leo, and I don't know the mom's name. Sorry. Uh, there's a big bag of counter Maybe corn. Maybe Sydney? Yeah, it's Sydney Hayworth. Okay. Okay. I wish I had learned that in the show and not from mm-hmm. you. Uh, Tabby's mom is glad they're doing this since it's been a while since they had other daughter time such as they've been fucking saddled with Imogen. Yeah, she kind of says it's very Mermaids of Us, which is a reference nobody who's watching the show will get. Seriously. Um, Mom asks Tab- what Tabby's short movie will be about and Tabby says that she has a story she wants to tell and she wants to tell her mom about it, but she like drifts off and she's distracted by the jocks and their letterman jackets. They're throwing like balls at the milk bottles. I think Greg is like standing up on like the table being a douche. Yeah. I just, I just had to put here, you know, Remember how good the carnival episodes of both Pretty Little Liars and Cruel Summer were? Yeah. Yeah. Have we ever mentioned our Cruel Summer podcast? That was a better show, guys. Go mm-hmm. listen to that. Um, anyway, the jocks at the school like carry on like they're like fucking dauntless or whatever. <laughs> Tabby like changes her mind about sharing what their story what her story will be about. So she and her mom decide to go ride some bumper cars. Uh meanwhile, hey, remember Kelly and her weird mom and the sheriff? They're having a scene together, and the mom is, you know collected enough as a human being to be out in public now and she says like oh let's go play some cornhole uh oh. or sorry cornhole um cornhole and the sheriff and- is just like immediate dick and he's just like we played that when there were four of us martha there's only three now fuck you seriously that's basically what he says uh, and kelly's just right right because i'm not enough bottle of jack yeah while he's saying it so the mom suggests bobbing for apples then. Bobbing for apples awful. is something children do. As an mm-hmm. adult, as a teenager to an adult, have some fucking self-respect. Mm-hmm. There's nothing sexy about it. There better be like a million dollars tied to that apple for me to be Seriously. bobbing for it. Seriously, I'm going to plunge my fucking face like a jackass in there. Give me a break. Uh, so Imogen's like, like sitting and Chip brings her some cotton candy. She apologized for not being able to get on any of the rides, you know, because she's tragically pregnant. Um, inconsolably pregnant, and then even just kind of like looks over and sees. Oh, oh, sorry. First, um, Chip says, "Oh, I get sick on rides too. I don't know if that'll mean something later." Including the teacups. Yeah. Um. Then Imogen looks over and sees this couple kind of like making out, and they kind of like both look at that for a sec, and then like look back at each other. And Chip's like, "Uh, Imogen, would you ever want to?" Uh, and she's like, "I don't think so." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, totally. I get it." I I had to pause it to laugh so hard because he's like would you ever want and she's like nah yeah she's totally like nah i don't think so and I was, then what the fuck are we doing here? yeah i know and he, he's like waste of time he's like oh i get it and she's like no i'm pretty sure you don't 
Uh, he's like, no, no, I do because I'm a nice guy and I spend all my time watching weird movies Esoteric. in my basement and crushing on my best friend, uh, even though I sort of know it's never going to happen. I'm not boyfriend material. And she's like, that's not it at all. But now that you mention it, that is it. <laughs> yeah. That's what she should say. Yeah. Um, and she's like, my reality. And then he stops her and says, I like you, Jen, more and more. You are a badass. And any guy would just be lucky, so lucky to. And then she like cuts him off and kisses him. I have no idea why she kisses him here. It the seemed pretty clear. Sympathy. Yeah, it's like the sympathy kiss. Because it seemed pretty clear by her, like, kind of like almost knee jerk response, like, oh, I'm not interested in that, you know? Yeah. The, the, and then he starts going off in this, like, but I'm such a nice guy rant. And she's like, oh, I guess I'll kiss you. I don't know. I thought it was weird. I mean, could you imagine if that episode of PLO, which was the hottest thing ever, if like Caleb and Spencer are like sitting by that fire and we got that sexy cover of Ring of Fire, they're mm-hmm. holding hands, and then like like Spencer's just like leaning in, like lips parted, wet lips, and Caleb's like, by the way, I totally want to fuck Hannah still. And then they just started <laughs> making out. <laughs> like like yeah. it's so it's so fucking weird this scene. Well, can, and it's played like like Netflix cute and it's gross. I can see the desire here. If, if you're a writer and you're just like, hey, 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 I've got a twist coming, they'll never guess, you know, and like, I'm going to make you really like this guy so that it hurts that much harder. And like, there's places where that works. Like if 1990s, if, if Chip, 1990s, but no, but like if Chip was like, a, I think it, 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 that works better, but he's like, oh no, he's secretly a rapist. That's just like, ew, you know, like. It's, it's a, a different kind of betrayal, line. you know, when, when uh, you find out that Sidney Prescott's boyfriend is one of the killers, it hits in a different way than if. It, yeah. But again, Scream was not about like, like also she was a survivor. Yeah. Of sexual assault. Yeah. That, that's what and I'm like saying. Her whole world was shattered. Yeah. And she was pregnant. Um, Which is why I just don't think you should be making this storyline some sort of weird mystery to be solved with like a, a secret twist. You know. And, the only other way you could do this, and I would not take this route, is if you weren't the woke as fuck show. If you weren't talking about people being gas, you're just gonna get really messy. Yeah, like you weren't just like trying to champion some very modern causes that should be championed, and just having it be like like mainstream kind of normal show. And then you could do this, and people would be like, "This is kind of gross, you guys." But at least they wouldn't you'd, feel like it's a massive fucking betrayal. You'd be leaving it to like the viewer and the critic to interpret and place meaning on rather than like trying to tell you know trying to put your thumb on the scale and like tell people how they're supposed to feel about this stuff at the same yeah. time yeah it'd, be, it'd yeah. be much more daring to make a show like that it wouldn't get made you know i couldn't couldn't say i'd necessarily want to watch that but Mm-mm. at least it has some balls yeah uh so farron and henry are on the ferris wheel together and it stops at one point let some folks off another car and he mentioned that she's been quiet i like that they show this people like, getting off check it out babe look at that scaffolding over there yeah yeah oh look at that non-union work huh <laughs> i don't know why we're on this thing after all it sounds seems, seems dicey but like i like that they show the people getting off so it's like you don't think it's a mysterious like mm-hmm. oh no it stopped um and so he says that she's been quiet and she's like you know she's had her mom and the doctor visit and the production of giselle on her mind and he says that he asked her the carnival because he thought it would distract her and cheer her up which in, in a town like millwood i don't think yeah. so and he's like oh i fucked up i'm sorry if I hadn't gone to Geary, you wouldn't have gone to the doctor. You wouldn't have to wear a brace. And she's like, Henry, like, I'm, I'm upset at the situation, not at you. You saw that I was hurting. You did something about it. It's cool. I'm going to dance again. You know, like, it'll get worse for it. gets better, whatever. And then they make out. And it's like, yep. Yeah, she's great. like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually start fixing the problem. Mm-hmm. Which, again, good for you. I feel like this is actually a successful 
way to write yourself out of this subplot. Uh, not an option. A lot of people with chronic pain have, mm-hmm. you know, they do things and their doctors don't believe them or whatever, and it doesn't work out well. Um, I cannot believe the show would actually put Zarya into a brace for three episodes. No, I, I guess we'll have to wait and see if that actually uh, happens. I, I'm willing to bet money that's <laughs> Six months case, later. <laughs> but I, I could be wrong. Yeah. We match cut from them kissing to Sean and Noah kissing. Sean wants to find some place to fuck. Then a phalanx of Rosewood High jocks would come rolling Some Rosewood in. Rosewood sharks rolling in here, man. How the fuck far away is Rosewood? It seemed like it was far. It seemed right? like, I would say at least two hours, right? Like, it seems like a drive. Yeah, yeah for, for what is what... What is the distance? By I would guess more say, like four or five hours personally. But if I said to you, let us go on a road trip and then we went like three miles away, you'd be like, uh-huh, that's not the road trip. All right. I'm, I'm looking is, this up right now. I want to see how far it is between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia because I think it's fairly far. Okay. Well, how, how far is Pittsburgh from Millwood? Also, second question, why the fuck would Rosewood, which is, I think, painted as a fairly affluent town, Come to a fucking hole in the ground shithole piece of shit like Millwood. Yeah. Okay. So it's like 300 miles between Pittsburgh and Philly. And I, I've gotten the impression that Millwood is close to Pittsburgh and that Rosewood obviously is close to Philadelphia. So, okay. It, that's a drive. Like, why, why are a bunch of Rosewood dudes here? So we're saying that every time Corey comes to visit her daughter, it's really not that much of a drive. I don't think so. Okay. I mean, I don't know where Millwood's supposed to be, but it, it seems like Pittsburgh isn't that far away, is my impression. Millwood is the uh, little suburb of Pittsburgh that Pittsburgh would like you not to know about because mm-hmm. it's terrible. Anyway, so they 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 bump into Greg, these these, these Rosewood High Sharks. And, and Sean and is will, like weirdly aggressive about this. Well, like Greg starts, like, he's just like, yo, assholes, do you not see us standing here? Um, and so Greg wants to know why like, like they're you know, like Rosa too, you know, or check out the competition. And I love this. One of the Rosewood guys is just like, what competition? Far as I know, you guys have never won a game, Burn. which is like, yeah, you guys need to like move out of town. Cause you just got burned to death. <laughs> <laughs> You're done. And the other guy's like, what the fuck is a Steppenwolf? Anyways, that band that my dad listens to double burn. And apparently Sean's been hitting Noah's roids. Like dig- yeah. gassing up. I guess that's what we're getting here is he's weirdly aggressive. And he's like, oh, and kick all your asses and whatnot. And Noah kind of is like gets in between everyone before there's a fight. And it's like, I'll call the cops. I got the weird, creepy sheriff who gets blowies on speed dial. And so everyone backs off. And then still Noah's just like, yeah, that's right, motherfucker. You know, and yeah. she's like, what's gotten into you? And I guess he's worrying out. But I mean, like, I can't I can't care about a storyline where she has to, like, stand by her man and help him get off the roid gas because he's like, what not is a this episode seven of a 10 episode show. What are we doing here? You know, yeah. Like, I, like, I think why... I think this what this is is I think they need a red herring from Chip and so they're building up Sean as like the is it the nice guy the little bit too nice like incel guy or is it the asshole jock you know I think that's what right. they're trying to set up but I mean like he's, he's never really been an asshole he's never whenever the jocks yeah. have been assholes they've had him miles away from mm-hmm. them and it's almost like Sean has kind of been a better candidate. I hate to say for a Just, assailant of some kind. Yeah, yeah. Less um, obvious. Yeah. But like also like he's quiet enough that he's more suspicious and not just giving like these pathetic lovelorn looks. Mm-hmm. Um at Mouse's house, the two moms are having a quiet dinner and Elodie's phone dings with a text. This is when the other woman says, D, I think it's her right, name. Right, yeah. An unknown says, If you're not honest with Mouse, your worst fears will come true. Which I want to be like, her name is Minnie. (laughs) 
So the mom kind of freaks out and she gets up and she's like, oh, it's too dangerous. I need to go get mouse and whatnot. And, you know, the man who tried to take her could come back. And her wife's like, D, this paranoia has to stop. Mouse has had enough. I've had enough. And Ellie's like, I have to protect her. And then the wife is like, if you walk out that door, I might not be here when you get back or, or something like that, which Good. is like, I don't know. It's it's clear that Elodie has some like extreme anxiety. Yeah. Is this the right response? I don't know. I could see how one is maybe pushed to their limit, but I thought this was a little bit of a strange reaction to like my wife is having a panic attack, basically. Uh, no, well, I think the problem is that this was a conversation that should have come more or like less than 10 years. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't believe in ultimatums. I don't think they're healthy for a relationship. I think if your relationship has ultimatums, you're screwed. Um, but like, you think she'd just go with her, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. But my question is, you never know if this fucking show, does the wife know that it was the bio dad? Oh yeah. You don't know. I don't think I, she yeah. may not know. Cause, cause that's, that's a, that's the bigger betrayal. Mm-hmm. Than like the obsession, because I mean, I guess plenty of partners have a weird obsession that you want your you know, your partner to let go of. Anyway, mm-hmm. so we're looking we're looking at Pleatherface as he's looking at the entire carnival, which is when I was like, "Is this indoors?" And Pleatherface is watching over this thing like he's fucking yeah, actually, you Batman. can see like wood beams or something up yeah. there. So I don't know what this place is, but he's watching like he's fucking Batman or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, which reminds me, this they city gave him a, needs me. They gave him a fucking Batman voice, and he's like, "This carnival has failed you," or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to Mouse and Ash, they go into the house of mirrors and crash around into things for a while. And she's just like, uh, I'm terrible with mirrors. But then I run she right sees into them. A inside. So here's my question. Is yeah. A actually here or is this like in her head? Because it doesn't I, seem like Ash ever sees A. No, it doesn't seem like Ash ever does. And uh, folks, this is not Lady from Shanghai. Yeah. This is a, this is a real messy so edited scene. It's basically like Ash starts to panic and it's like trying to get out. Or Mouse does, yeah. Or Mouse, Mouse does, yeah. Mouse, uh, Mouse is trying to get out. And she's panicking and she eventually like she keeps seeing a like running. He's like we're all down the hall there. But Ash never seems to notice like he seems he seems like like mouse. What's going on? You know, it's like he's like the way it's cut. I'm like, is she hallucinating all this? Like it kind of seems like that's what I'm supposed to get from this. But it's played really interesting because he just keeps staring at her. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like that's their coverage. Like. I I, I kind of wonder if like somebody on set was just like I don't know if this is gonna like cut together well guys and they're like just keep staring at her Ash yeah hopefully I just I'm not be. sure at the end of this because she eventually like runs out through emergency exit and like finds her mom and it's like oh we're hugging it out thank God you're all right um and it's like did was that real or was that all like, like a tabby in, thing in, yeah like a tabby thing tabby thing uh, so anyways which again I, if if you had set that up from the beginning. Not overtly, but like something you could build upon where you say that like Pleatherface is like this dark Captain Planet as thing that represents all of their fears, even though they are different fears. I mean, I suppose something. I suppose there was a way they could have set that up, like this one horror movie they all watched together or something, you know. Or something, yeah, which yeah. even Mr. Robot did. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's like like maybe the real slasher was the friends we made along the way. Yeah, but anyways, sorry, Ash. Uh, these two need to have a conversation in private, Elodie says. Uh, it's time I told you the truth. And so they go somewhere else to talk and we find out that the man who took um, mouse for like five seconds was not a stranger. It was like the, the bio dad. Um, LED was going to be a donor for some family uh, from a man and a woman. She's going to be surrogate. surrogate yeah. um, um, but 
and like it's weird how mouse immediately responds but how are you able to keep me like it's, it's immediately after she says she's gonna be surrogate and yeah LED doesn't really say she's like we didn't use an agency uh we just did it ourselves i don't know the old-fashioned way like we're talking like turkey base or something mm-hmm. um so i guess at some point LED was like i'd rather keep the baby and just kept it and like maybe this guy still wanted the baby or something mm-hmm. and so like five years later he tried to like take her away at a carnival and, and mouse She's is like, like is that why it came out to me just because you wanted was he really trying to duck me or just wanted to see me she's like i was getting on a plane to like give you to him and then my plane crashed yeah on a mysterious island that i thought was in the middle of nowhere but it was actually millwood pennsylvania which mm-hmm. sucks um yeah so the mom doesn't know and mouse is like you turn this man into the boogeyman mom and mouse reveals that she is the one who sent the text to her mom because she's like ha 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 I don't just like screens. I'm actually able to create a burner phone or get a burner phone and send you texts. Um, the mouse is, or, you know, is there anything else that you need to tell me? And the mom's like, nothing. I swear. I, um, yeah. I, one would have thought we would have get, maybe got a little download of Van Angela Waters, but no. So I have to assume that Leah Salonga is a better actor than this because she's a Tony award, <laughs> but whatever they're doing, whatever direction, well, they're the dialogue doing, is awful. I mean. And to, to quote, an unfortunate interview of Olivia Wilde from years ago. <laughs> Whenever there's a failure of a bad performance, it, you can look at the the director. Like, I feel like this is like nothing uh, about how's she going to blame Harry Styles' performance? And don't worry, darling. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, you know, he's. It, it feels like a movie. Mm-hmm. Like a movie feels like a movie. Um, yeah, I just, I just don't feel like this performance. Nothing is about real. this plotline. Which it's, it's so weird and like lower stakes than they like let on. Like they made it Which, seem like this big dark thing and it really wasn't. It's just if you strange. Remember back to the pilot. And I remember really scratching my head when we were watching this, the premiere. Like Elodie is the last of the five mm-hmm. moms who's introduced and it is so thrown away. Like, yeah, yeah. And here's the one you shouldn't give a fuck about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I kind of thought like, why doesn't Elodie the one who dies next? Because the show doesn't give a fuck about her. Uh, so Tabby's room later. Tabby wants to hear about the date. Imogen's there this wearing is, again. This is when the, she's got the like the lavender version of the alley. Uh, the, top. the lavender maternity version mm-hmm. of Allison's yellow top. And Imogen says that she got kissed. And Tabby's like, go Drew Barrymore, which is actually more of a Farron thing, I think, if I remember from Never Been Kissed or whatever. It actually happens on a on a Ferris wheel. I could be wrong. But Imogen says it was nice. I thought it was on like, like the pitcher's mound at like chicago cubs stadium or something isn't that a jimmy fallon movie that's boston what was the one of him and drew barrymore no it's it's um that's fever pitch which is like they they were at the boston red sox like fenway stadium but no i okay. i thought there was like a, a stadium thing in never been kiss which takes place in chicago i just remember I, I, because like anytime a movie would take place in chicago ebert would just have like a little extra sauce on his review for that because you know he's from <laughs> chicago mm-hmm. anyway we were like, how did, it, yeah. how did it feel? It made me feel next to normal. You are normal, but I'm not. Not really. True. Well, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it kind of sucks that she says that, you know? Yeah. It's like, wow. Okay. And like Tavi doesn't even, I don't know, like say, no, you are or anything. She's like, yes, we were both like fucked up people or whatever. But here's the dark thing, though. Uh, quote, unquote, nothing can happen to a teenager and they don't feel normal. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, obviously, these these girls are dealing with way more on their plates than they should ever have to ever. But like, I didn't feel normal, and I I didn't have a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, did you feel normal in high school? No, I was a fucking weirdo. You still are. Mm-hmm. Good, God bless you. 
Title card Thursday, ba bump bump. Oh wait, um, maybe real quick. Um, Tabby says maybe it's time to tell the girls about what happened, uh, so they can help with something. Um, you know, like maybe oh, she's yeah. like, uh, maybe they can help with something. You know, even the person who attacked us both, they're just saying that this person attacked both of them. Uh, goes to Millwood High. I think we know how we can catch him. And I don't want to give suggestions to that plot line because I don't like it, but like they could have both remembered some some small detail that was similar, right? Or or just from what they do know, like if 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 there is some detail that like they both shared that could have at least suggested, hey, right. maybe that's it was the saying. same person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, even like Veronica Mars season three would do that, you know, mm-hmm. like uh anyway, so title card Thursday, bum bum bum. Uh there again. So A is officially this. back after Four yeah. episodes of not doing anything to us. Yeah. Mouse has just told the group what happened the night before and play their face in the mirror maze. Uh, which, again, isn't this kind of what it, like Noah wanted at the beginning of the episode? Didn't she seem like she was like trying to summon A back? Yeah. I don't know. So Anyways, Mouse, Mouse, Mouse mentions, like, my mom finally told me a truth about this deep, dark family secret that I won't be telling you about. And yeah. then my other mom basically kicked her out for being such a backseat case. It's like, wow. Okay. And they're like, we really don't have time to give you empathy. Yeah. Like, sorry. sorry. We all, we all do like a fucking prayer circle group hug for Imogen 7,000 times. We don't, we don't have time for you, mouse. Um, so their phones all go off and Imogen has to say it's from a, well, before that Tabby says there's something Imogen and I want to tell you about something that happened to us. And then all their phones go off. Oh no, it's from a, and uh, which I don't believe is signed a, right? No, well, no, it's just a picture. It's a picture of Tyler's like body and like a dumpster or something like that. And and they're just like, oh shit! I think it's Tyler. A killed Tyler. And then cut to Farron being like, and yeah, like, <laughs> what does this have to do with us? Honestly, why why is A have anything to do with us? It doesn't seem like we're really related to his plotline. Who who is this again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the episode. Um, Big shock! A killed Tyler. Yeah. All right. Well, we did it. Three to go. Um, the next week's episode is if I can get IMDb to load. Chapter eight, bad blood. Wow. So creative. sue them, Taylor. Sue them. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So, yeah, we'll be back. Talk about that next week. Uh, if you want to support the pod, go buy our book. My name is Trouble dot com. Very excited. Very excited. Yep. Is that it? That's it. Bye. Toodaloo.